Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Um, I, I too want to extend a, a welcome to everybody and particularly those that are visiting with us this morning. It is wonderful to have you all here. Uh, and we are just a church that loves to give away everything that God has given us. So the fact that you're here this morning, we believe, is because He wants to pour His love into you. Not from a long way off, but from a very, very close place and an intimate place that you would know, that you would know, that you would know that you are loved by God and accepted by God. So take it freely. It's, it's our gift um, to you this morning and as you visit with us. You know, the last few weeks we've been um, looking at uh, a verse uh, from Luke ten seventeen. And uh, it's, it simply says this, The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. That the kingdom has been breaking in, we've been talking about and, and, and focusing on not just through the testimonies, but also Kirk preaching and David and Tavia. Go back online and look at all of those to see what God's been doing. Go and have a listen and you'll get to hear all the testimonies you might have missed as well of the battle that we face in the midst of that, and it's real. We don't have to look too far in our world to know that evil exists, not very far at all. So if evil exists, our firm belief is that King Jesus is good, and he brings his goodness to get rid of the evil when he breaks in with his kingdom. So today I just want to expand out that text, and I want to read the first 24 verses of Luke 10 together. Um, because it's, well, it's actually a very, very cool piece of scripture. But let, let's read it, and, and then we'll have a little bit of a chat about a few things that are going on and a few things that are, are pertinent for us. So if you've got your Bibles, Luke 10, verses 1 to 24, we're going to read. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them out two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. I, how cool is that? Think about that. 72 people plus the 12, 84. What are we doing? 42 teams. 42 teams, out they go. And they're, they're all going out, bringing the kid. Jesus says, I'm sending you out ahead of me. You're going you're gonna to call the people and say, the kingdom of heaven has come near. All the hopes and dreams you've had, all the wonder of will it ever end, the exile end, will evil end, what, all of those kind of things, I'm sending you out to declare the kingdom has drawn near and is near to you right now. 40, 42 teams. That's, imagine if we did that as a church. That would be more than us here right now. Probably, or maybe it is all of us here right now. Suddenly out we go into the community and Claire, Jesus is, is here. He's drawn near. What a great evangelistic tool. Anyway, he told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. Go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or a bag or sandals and do not greet anyone on the road. When you enter a house, first say, peace to this house. If a man of peace is there, your peace will rest on him. If not, it will return to you. Stay in that house, eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. 
When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is set before you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God is near you. But when you enter a town and are not welcomed, go into the streets and say, even the dust of your town that sticks to our feet we wipe off against you. Yet be sure of this, the kingdom of God is near. I love that. No matter what happens, the kingdom is always on the move. That's a wonderful statement. I tell you, it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. Woe to you, Chorazan. Woe to you, Bethsaida. If for if the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Tyre and Sidon, Sidon um, they would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it will be more bearable for Tyre and Sidon at the judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, will you be lifted up to the skies? No, you will go down to the depths. He who listens to you listens to me. He who rejects you rejects me. But he who rejects me rejects him who sent me. The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. Now there's their testimony. I bet you there was a whole lot more conversation that went on after that around what happened, what they saw, talking to Jesus about it. We get the one little snippet, but, but like we have been doing here, there is one, I'm sure they had an ongoing conversation around what that looked like, what it felt like for them. He replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. At that time, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit, said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this was your good pleasure. And all things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son. No one knows who the Son is except the Father, and no one knows who the Father is except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Then he turned to his disciples and said privately, and maybe imagine that Jesus turns to you privately today and says, blessed are the eyes that see what you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings wanted to see what you see, but did not see it. And to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. It's a really, really powerful passage. And if you're like me, I've heard... um, most of that passage or the focus of that passage has been on verses 2 to 4. And it's the part where it says the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out the workers. And by the way, you're like little meek sheep going out amongst the wolves um, right now. And that's been a lot of the focus that I've heard about from that passage. But that passage, although it, it, it has relevance to evangelism it, it, and viewing a <laughs> hope you don't view yourself as helpless lambs but in the world's eyes we may be seen that way but but out they go the disciples and they come with back with great testimonies just like we have been focusing on Um, and this passage has so much more in it that is relevant to not only um, what happens for the what, what happens for the disciples is so important I want to encourage you to to go and read this passage in depth and reflect on it with the Lord because this passage is one of the 
uh, one of, and there's many, there are others, but this is one we're focusing on, where we see the new creation in Jesus, in who we are, inaugurated. Now, and what I mean by that is, Jesus sends out his disciples in their power. So, he says, go and heal the sick, and they do it, and they come back with great joy, and even the demons submit to us, he says. And then Jesus says, I saw Satan fall like lightning. And what he's referring to is he's saying the new creation order has begun. What should have been right from the start is, is now found in me, and is I'm starting it, and you're going to bring it into the world more and more. I saw Satan fall. In other words, his power has been broken. The power that he had when everything got turned upside down, when sin came into the world, when we as humans sought our own power and our own way of living and wanting to live, and, and it got turned upside down. And, and the reference is the serpent. We see the serpent in the creation story. Suddenly now, is, as he says, it will strike at your heel. There's a, a power imbalance that happened. And in this story and through this story, yes, Jesus says, in the eyes of the world, you will go out like lambs. In other words, from a worldly perspective, you haven't got your money, you haven't got a sense of um, earthly power that you might have, but I'm sending you out in my name and in my power. And if we stop there, then it can become about what do I do? What am I doing for the Lord? Even though I go out in his name, it can feel like at times it's about me and if I put enough effort in and, and forward with that. If we take the whole passage in its context, we see Jesus say, after he said, I saw Satan fall like lightning, you have been given authority to trample on snakes and scorpions. The creation story is back in play. I have put the power balance back where it should be. You are my children, and you have authority over evil. That is the way it should have been right from the start. But more than that, he says to them, don't celebrate. That this, don't get too excited. Get excited. <laughs> but don't let it just be about the power you've seen and the, the, the spirits submitting to what you said. To spirit submitting to you. Instead, celebrate that your name is written in the book of life in heaven. In other words, celebrate that you are a child of God. The point of, of, of freeing people from demonic oppression and sickness and all of those kind of things is not just that we would be in a battle. We don't just want the power battle. What we want to see is the freedom for people, the release of the kingdom upon their lives, that they would, be no, they would, know, they would know that they would know, as David said right at the start, that you are loved by God, that you're accepted by God. That, that's the end result when the kingdom comes. That's the purpose of what we do when we go into the battle. Okay? So this passage is not just about evangelism. This is about the new kingdom order that has come in Jesus, if we read it in its entirety. And the wonderful thing that I think the Lord wants you to hear this morning, I've gone way off notes, I'm not even going to bother uh, with them. The wonderful thing that I think the Lord wants you to hear this morning, it's mentioned twice and inferred a third time, joy. That there would be joy in the bringing of the kingdom for the disciples of Jesus. Jesus 
And if you're a theologian and you want to know more and, and explore more around the, well, you don't have to be a theologian if you're just interested in this stuff, around the new order of creation, Jesus, um, when Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit, he says, Father. So we see the Trinity all at work in this passage as Jesus gets excited about the new order that has come. We see the Trinity just like we saw in creation. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit all active at creation. And we jump into this passage and Luke points out the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit once again are involved in new creation coming through Jesus. That's a little side note you can go and explore and have fun with if you want to. But we see Jesus, and we don't hear these words a lot about Jesus. I'm sure he had it, but the 72 returned with joy. They had joy in themselves of what had happened. So you can have joy when you bring it. You're not a meat and mild sheep. You're allowed to have joy that when the kingdom breaks in, you can celebrate that you you heard the Lord, that you, you saw the kingdom break in, that people had freedom and were welcomed into more freedom of, of, of life in the kingdom. But then when the disciples actually live their intended destiny and their identity in who they are in him, the next words we read, At that time, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit, full of joy. When was the last time, I want to ask you a question this morning, when was the last time you felt the joy of the Lord over you, first and foremost? When did you last, like literally feel it? Feel his tangible presence on your life of his welcome. His, I know we've got Advent coming up soon and we'll focus on joy more, but we're taking a little detour here to start on it now. When did this the last time you felt joy of the Lord over you as his child, first and foremost? And if you haven't, then when we pray this morning... We're going to be praying for a release of joy on you, that that is on offer for you. But then, also, joy in the bringing of the kingdom, whether it's healing the sick, seeing people set free from demons, whether it's serving the poor, maybe through the Mercy Center, maybe throughout the week in what you do, there are so many ways that we bring the kingdom of God upon earth, of God's rule and reign on the earth. Maybe it's helping people get set free from mental health issues. Maybe it's supporting a loved one who needs to know that they're loved through life circumstances and you just got to go stand beside them day in, day out and go and stand beside them and that's the way you're bringing the love of God to their life. You're praying for breakthrough constantly as they go through that circumstance. Whatever it is, there is joy for you in the midst of of bringing the kingdom of God. And I want also this morning for us to remember that last passage that I I read, 23 and 24. Um, And by the way, the inference of the joy is also that Jesus said, Yes, Father, this was your good pleasure. This was your good pleasure to do this and work through us. This is what you wanted right from the start, and it's now happening. Look, look at what they did. Look what happened. How good is it? 
of what's happening on, on the earth. How good is it what's happening at Pine Rivers at the moment? There is a great sense of joy of the Father in what's happening here and there's more on offer. But I also want you to remember, this, I feel like, actually I feel like the Lord wants us to remember and I, and I said it before, of the, the privilege of knowing Jesus personally the privilege of the Father welcoming us as his children, the privilege to have the Holy Spirit living in us, not, not out there, somewhere, here, here, with us, dwelling with us, the great privilege that it is. And Jesus points out and he says, many kings, David's, Solomon's, and many prophets, Isaiah, Micah, keep the list rolling along, have a cut, keep going, wanted to see what you see. They wanted to see what you see and what you experience. That experience of the Holy Spirit in and on you was a select few in the Old Testament. And even in the case of a lot of the prophets, when the Holy Spirit came on them and they delivered a word, it actually didn't always see fruit. Lots of the times it didn't. They were bringing words that were like, uh-oh, there's trouble coming. So the, when the Holy Spirit came on, it's not, it didn't always happen the same way that it happens for us. What a great privilege that we as the people of Jesus, and if you don't know Jesus there is, and you're here with us this morning, we would say to you, today is a really good day to start that journey with Jesus because his love is here for you this morning and he wants you to know how much he loves you. This kingdom activity that we talk about, we want you to experience it for yourself because he's a good father and he loves you a lot. Thank you, Lord. Thus endeth the word for this morning.